I'm Trevor. I'm Shane. And we host a podcast called Album Divers. We take turns picking an album to discuss and review. One of us chooses an album from this calendar year, and the other chooses an album that's been around a while. We also interview musicians, producers, and other fans along the way. Help us and our listeners get the most out of every album we cover. Our show is not for the casual listener, but if you, like us, love music a little too much, then check out Album Divers. You can find us on all of the major podcast streaming networks. We hope to have you join us on our quest discovering how deep the music truly goes. Happy listening. If you're enjoying Mixtapes with Mike, there are three ways that you can support me right now. First off, if you can, follow me on Instagram. My account is at Mixtapes with Mike Podcast, and that's where I announce all of my episodes and I make daily posts about the artists and songs that feature in that week's mixtape. The link in my bio connects to either of my Apple Music or Spotify accounts, so you can listen to the back catalogue of previous mixtapes. And I also run monthly giveaways where one of my followers can win a brand new record. Secondly, if you're holding an iPhone, it would mean the world to me if you would take a moment to leave me a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me reach new people and grow the audience. And lastly, if you're listening on any other platform, somewhere there will be a share button. And it would be a massive help if you would click that button and send this podcast to any one of your friends who you think would enjoy it. And now, without further delay, here's this week's episode. Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a friend to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. You're going to hear us talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, usually I try to get a guest with a little bit of profile because I'm actively trying to grow the audience, but sometimes I just talk to someone I know who is a massive music fan. Just an all-round good dude. Now, this gentleman is someone that I used to work with, and he was always the person behind the decks at the end of the night pushing the party forwards. So he's a massive music fan. His life's gone through a bit of a transformation over the last few years. Uh, He's gotten sober He's changed careers, but he's still keeping music at the forefront of what he does. So this is Ramon Verbeet. How are we doing? Yeah, nice to be here. I'm doing good. Uh, super awesome. <laughs> it's, it's 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 been a while. I mean, how long has it been since? Um, let's say my last product launch would have been. Uh, 2015, well, season 2016, but in 2015, that's how yeah. it works, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. fine. No, but, yeah. and that's and that's that's quite pertinent to how I know you and how I think of you whenever you come up in conversation because we, um, you used to work for fans where I work, and we would only really interact at product launches, which is where we would like get ready. Um, to plan all the the product that we would be selling for the next season, which would be like six months ahead. So a lot of intense sort of conference chats uh, and presentations and planning. It would almost always culminate in this epic end of week party. 
where we could all just blow off all the steam and the stress that we'd been feeling while we've yeah. been cramming too much into a day and you would be the one you would be one of two or three people who would always be on the decks at the end of the night coming up with these crazy mixes so <laughs> i kind of associate my memory of you with with music and parties and uh, a very eclectic taste as well yeah. so that's a great spot to be. <laughs> yes, mate. So, like, yeah. when you, so you popped up um, in my feed on Instagram. I went, "Oh man, I've not spoken to him for ages. He'd make a really good guest." So, I tapped you up, and here you are. Yes. So easy as that. Yeah, man. So, since since you left fans, what 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 have you been doing since then? Oof. Um, so I left fans. Uh, well, my time had basically run up there and uh, I had different ideas than, uh, than my manager. And uh, yeah, we decided to part. Um, but I never really left <laughs> because I, I, uh, I was doing all kinds of events already, DJing for, uh, yeah, events, events, but even more like European skateboard events. Um, so I still was in touch with a lot of people and uh, uh, yeah, engaged, so to say. Yeah, I think. And yeah. I think when you when you work for a brand like that, that is so connected with like a counterculture, like skateboarding, that crosses over into things like music. Yeah. Um, if 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 you're part of that scene, you you never really leave the family, as it were. No, no. So no, you're still you're still very much in the mix, as it were. Uh, Absolutely. So um, let's see. I I kind of thought about it like I don't really want to be into sales anymore because um, I basically, I mean, with, with Vance, I, I started it in 2008 and we were still kind of small or mm -hmm. under underground. Uh, underdog, I don't know what to say, but yeah, within those eight years that I worked for Vance, uh, we, we've become a pretty big brand, and I still say we. In this. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> right. that's yeah. the thing. Like, it's you, you, you still feel part of it. That's the thing. Yeah, but it's it's definitely crossed over into. It used to be our thing, and now it's everyone's thing, yeah. and. The brand itself is is very um, it embraces that you know like come it, it welcomes people in uh, and it 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 starts appealing to so many different sort of groups of people, but the the the, the growth in size brings with it a lot of uh, problems and stresses and yeah com com competing with with the bigger brands so it it the the environment changes and it becomes a little bit more serious over time, which is perfectly understandable. Um, and a lot of growth comes out of that. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it is a, it is a definite shift. It's interesting because it's, it's quite a parallel to what is happening to skateboarding or action sports in general. And, um, I've, I've been skateboarding for more than 30 years and it used to be something that you could see somebody walk on the streets and he had a certain 
pair of jeans or wear his clothing a certain way and you were like he skates yeah or he does this and now it's it's just yeah it's, it's for everybody you can yeah, go to I was, school I was for I was skateboarding talking about this the other day with a friend of mine about how skateboarding has always influenced sort of street culture and, and fashion but it's it, it's a two-way street now where we're seeing sort of skate brands and skate clothing brands embracing slightly more out there directions that are that have come inward from the world of fashion and and that's where it it can be it can be a little jarring for someone who's been in skateboarding for a long time because it feels like well that's not that's not what skateboarding is to me yeah yeah but there's so many genres within yeah exactly yeah so and it's always yeah, been so, about changing and evolving yeah no i actually made a very interesting step after um, after vans so after i'd say almost three quarters of a year uh and uh half a year of um yeah asking basically a previous client of mine um basically invited me or or said to me like i want you to do the distribution for our business mm -hmm. and i want you to be sales manager and you can do you can do it how you do it because you've had the experience with vans uh, so I did that for two years, and this uh, this is where it gets interesting. This was like this is I think still uh, the biggest longboard and protection company in uh, in Europe is a little bit big of a name, but um, I'd say Shiner and that kind of companies also have a big chunk of yeah, yeah. that that, uh, that distribution. But they were very. Like they go into the highest of the high end in longboarding, right? So okay. the, down, the downhill skateboarding, uh, but also all kinds of other like surf skate. Yeah. But something that's completely uh, looked down at by my peer group. Yes, they are skateboarders, uh, hardcore skateboarders. Everything has to be less than 54 millimeter wheels and. Trucks have to be loose and normal stands, and you, yeah, there's like as soon as a board is a little bit longer than this, then you're not cool. So that was my um, my thought. Like I, I was so much into fashion and high end stuff in in pants and sneakers, and that I had to let go of that whole image and ego thing that it created for myself to go to the other side of the spectrum and say like yeah fuck it i'm gonna be doing sales for a interesting company that promotes skateboarding in which way or it doesn't matter just rolling on a board with four wheels and uh, i got the opportunity to also invest in a lot of old school brands which i'm very much into mm -hmm. so um, uh, brands like uh, alpha and hosoi and gns and uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Um, There's a lot of heritage there as well. Yes, yes, yes. And because I, I skated, I started skating when I was seven or something, and it was 1988 ish. So, yeah, I, I, I've been to that stage where skateboarding used to be half pipe skateboarding or mini ramp at least, and then mm -hmm. it went to street skateboarding. And, and yeah, it's 
there's a lot of history there. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. It, yeah. And, and and I take it you've kept up with your music. As I mean, for the benefit of people listening who aren't watching any video right now, uh, Ramon is sat in front of a massive storage unit that is chock full of vinyl. And I can see the two decks in the That's mixer right so. above. Yeah. So uh, it, music has never been far from your heart. No. Um, which is why I wanted to get you on, man. I'm so I'm so glad. <laughs> and I was, I, I was listening to your mix uh, yesterday and a little bit this morning while I was in the car. And it feels, it feels as if like lyrics and vocals weren't at the forefront of, of a lot of the music. Like there, there, there's always vocals present, but it, it almost sounds like um, part of the overall, not not at the at the forefront of some of the songs. Was that deliberate? Uh, yes, and it's a state where I've been in forever, and I'm actually trying to get out of it a little bit because, um, well, let's see. I am always kind of busy with the rhythm yeah. and the, the vibrations. And a, uh, a tune for me has to have an ingredient of darkness mm-hmm. and an ingredient of, um, uh, let's see, like it has to be kind of experimental or uh, just surprising. Yeah, uh, unique. Yeah. Unique, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing that, but as uh, I have been realizing in the past two, three years that I was generally offended by singing or singer songwriters, or mm-hmm. uh, I, I just wanted, I wanted energy, aggression, uh, screaming, uh, noise, that kind yeah. of stuff. And now I am learning a lot of other stuff uh, about myself and about that. Uh, yeah, I suppose when you the world. Yeah. yeah, I suppose when you're a DJ, you're more focused on keeping up a momentum and an energy within the room, and sort of directing and channeling that energy. And you and you have a visual representation about how the crowd is reacting to what you're doing. So you Definitely. become less concerned with like conventional song structure of verse, bridge, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, to the point mm-hmm. where it it doesn't. It's just not part of your your vocabulary in, in in a way yeah this this is definitely something that's true but it's it's never been, like song texts and texts have never been my main focus mm-hmm. and only just since two years three years i've been listening more yeah i was always busy with how does this feel does it have the ingredients that i like that 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 goes to my taste, and my taste is very eclectic and and wide. Uh, but does it trigger something? Does it raise my heartbeat? Does it? Yeah. And for some reason, I I wasn't paying attention too much to the lyrics. Where I came from, I, I started DJing with with hip hop, with mm-hmm. uh, with with rap, and there, in that sense, text is definitely very important. But it's always in a slang rhyme. Uh, it takes you away in a storyline, and that and it's 
lot of the time it's fic, uh, fictive or uh, yeah, it's fiction. It's, yeah. So you you kind of get carried away in this this storyline, and that that makes you pay attention. And it's always it's a lot of it is political, or a lot of it is very ego driven. Where if you listen to a lot of singer songwriter texts or uh, yeah, yeah, I mean a good pop song could also have it, but it's there's more of a self love message or I don't know. I've, I've I've just lately been been paying more attention. So it's okay, so yeah. so if that's what you've been doing, who who are artists that you're listening to currently that have more more of a traditional song structure? What what's what's grabbed your attention so far? Oh man. Um, I could I could name like the actual uh, moment that I realized this. So, because I find it very hard to to, to call out one particular uh, artist or whatever. But what happened was uh, I was doing this uh, ayahuasca. Okay. Uh, and uh, and uh, the guy who was uh, the shamanic. Uh, guy who was singing and there were, were a lot of people involved singing he was singing um, uh, Leonard Cohen and Hallelujah uh, 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 okay easy um, and and I everybody knows that song yeah right I mean and it's been uh, hit by other artists covered lately or 10 years ago i don't know how long ago it was a big hit a few years back and i just wasn't feeling it back then and at that point i was like fuck me this this really resonates Mm -hmm. i just i had heard the words but i just didn't i hadn't put the the meaning together for me because everybody interrupt interprets uh interpretates it differently i guess um and another song he did during this experience was uh the verve uh what's the song the 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 90s hit song by the verve uh bittersweet symphony that's it and that that's another song when i was when that was a hit i was listening to extremely loud techno uh, house almost gabber music that was my thing yeah. so i was not interested in that song at all it was it was really annoying to me but in this session 25 years later i was like wow i finally hear the words yeah, yeah i think i think there's maybe there's sort of there's there are textures and layers to a song like that and it's a very slow plodding pace when it you know so when that first comes out and you're in a completely different place which is about up tempo it just doesn't align with where you're at in life but if you're going through like an ayahuasca sort of ceremony which is a very reflective moment mm-hmm. um and you're internalizing a lot of things a song like that is is definitely more of the moment and because you are i mean i've never done it but I've, I've 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 read up on it, and I've I've seen documentaries where people have gone through the process. Mm-hmm. You are in a more isolated state where any st- external stimuluses that are there, you're looking at 
in a in a much more kind of close up manner. Yeah, you you have a very open view and very connected feeling with the ground and yeah, what's up above for whatever explanation you have about that. Um, so it opens up new views on on things that you've always gone left and now you decide like maybe I should look on what's right. <laughs> right? And um Obviously, you have an intention when you go into these kind of ceremonies. So these were the only two songs in in English. The, mm -hmm. the rest was Colombian or uh, or even uh, uh, Buddhist chanting, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, very good experience. Uh, and I'd say that was the point where I really came to realize, like, okay, I should put, maybe I should put some more effort into listening to what people are singing about and then judging if I like the song or not. That's fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Yeah, this is a very interesting experience. Um, but until that point, when, when, when I was listening, uh, so I grew up in Amsterdam, um, made a little trip with my mother uh, living for a year in Aruba, which is the Dutch Antilles in 93 where i uh, was um there there was mainly reggae and bobolin and and very dancehall kind of music there mm -hmm. uh lived there for a year experienced a lot of nice parties although i was only 13. um went back to amsterdam living with my father um and uh and i was only skateboarding outside that was my only pastime and uh yeah when you go to the to the mini ramp on museum square which was the, the 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 place where we met each other and then we went to street spots because that was before the internet and mm -hmm. uh, whatsapp and whatever um there was always somebody with a boombox playing punk rock or hip-hop and uh, that's what you listen to right yeah like i've, I've the, the listener won't thank me for for saying it because I've said it on quite a few episodes before. But yeah, um, skate videos shaped my musical taste right up until the age of about seventeen. Mm -hmm. So it was either punk rock or rock music in general, and, yeah. or hip hop. So yeah. and my hip hop taste was based on what I saw in skate videos. So that it, it was kind of limited in in, in some ways because yeah. I didn't have like a hip hop fiend as a friend who would be like okay this is next this is next i only got bits and pieces of what i sort of ab absorbed through skate videos mm -hmm. but then i met well i i started working with a a guy that i skated with and i ended up working with him for like 11 years before i joined vans and he was really into techno and but but not just that he had a really eclectic taste so he he was almost like this big brother figure that kind of just started going right okay what you're listening to is okay but try this try that try this mm -hmm. and all of a sudden your taste sort of expands massively um, yeah. so you've you've had kind of a reverse where you've had like quite you've you've been exposed to like diverse music through, through living in a different place and then you've yeah. kind of come back to this kind of almost binary music existence through skateboarding. And yeah. the thing is, it's fun. Both, both, both are good. 
but it is limited. Well, um, it was only for a short time that this was my only way of, mm -hmm. of getting music. And obviously skateboard videos is still to this day. I mean, there's not that many uh, anticipated movies coming out anymore as it used to be because mm -hmm. there's just a flood of, of movies yeah. all the time on the on, on the Instagram or whatever but there's still some coming out and whenever I I try to watch every movie that comes out or film whatever you want to have video project whatever you want to call it and I still listen if I hear a catchy song I'm like yeah uh, this one I need to, to put into the collection and play it at the events that I play normally. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was about 16, I already was DJing uh, because friends of mine were yeah, a lot more into hip hop than I had been. Uh, and, uh, and I went to a, a house party in Amsterdam and this was yeah in the middle of everything was getting into genres but it was still like there's house music yet uplifting and yet mellow and that was it it was yeah. no yeah and uh yeah and i got completely hooked in the the faster harder kind of hardcore house music uh and back to where we were talking about as soon i was buying records and every free hour that i had or not going going to school to go to the record store because you could smoke weed in in the record store at, at that point so it was the perfect place to be <laughs> for me in amsterdam um yeah as soon as a vocal a vocal came into this this genre that i was listening to the, the record went out out the staple you know it was like i just wanted instrumental music and in hip-hop music i was always listening to the beat first and then the text yeah and it had to be dark and that was the place where i was at i wasn't and in retrospect i mean i like to be in adrenaline i like to be in uh in in that dark place that was where i felt comfortable okay yeah. so who's your first track by on your mixtape I think it's uh, King Tubby and Augustus Pablo. It is indeed. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about this. Okay. Um, as a DJ, I try to do a lot of uh, research in where music comes from and how this got inspired by that and that and that and, and on and on. So I think in the past 20 years, I've been digging and digging and digging uh, across the spectrum of what music I listen to. And these are almost all connected to skateboard videos or the scene that I went uh, clubbing in. I did wonder if, because yeah. I mean, I, I, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure about at least one song. I think you know which one. It's like, yeah, well, I, I know what section this is from. It comes, <laughs> comes in much later. Okay. But I was, I was listening to some of the other tracks and I was like yeah this sounds like something someone would skate to so I wonder uh -huh. what the connection is going to be so I'm, yeah, yeah but I know we only uh, like I think what I need to state first is that as soon as you uh, reached out to me I was like okay I want to do this mixtape but how do I go about a mixtape in general I want to tell a story mm -hmm. and I want to tell a complete story 
as complete as I can in 10 songs, which is pretty tough for me. Everyone says uh, that. <laughs> I might um, actually make a video montage of people going, <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So at a certain point, I made the decision. I think it took me a few days and I was like, okay, I need to still get rid of 20 songs within this selection. And it, then it went kind of random, like all these are good at this point, at this moment, at this point of time. So what happened um, is I made a timeline. So the first song here is uh, the oldest song in the selection. Yeah. Okay. And for me, uh, DJing, the craft of DJing, in my opinion, uh, began in Jamaica. So, and for me, th this song, to this day, I play in almost every set I play, and I do long sets, so mm -hmm. that's pretty easy. I do, uh, the, generally at events, I do sets of about eight hours or, or longer. Jesus. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. And I do, I do get breaks to go get a, grub, a, uh, a cup of coffee or, mm -hmm. or uh, a toilet break, whatever. I just put on a long song by Pink Floyd or whatever. <laughs> so I have time. Yeah. But um, uh, let's see. So this song, I in the last two, three years, I played it about 50 times. And uh, and the, the fun part about it is that it it's a dub record, mm -hmm. so uh, and dub uh, dub reggae uh, is a music genre that inspired a lot of different other music genres. Yeah, uh, because it's instrumental, so it I you could say it's the first electronic music. Yeah, that was created to be gay with. Yeah, and. Um, well, King Tubby is, I think, seen as maybe the first, but at least one of the most important uh, people that, that created this style of music. And there's actually a vocal uh, version of it, which is uh, I, might be just as wi widely known, but yeah. Uh, and the interesting part, again, is that you can play it at a slow tempo, but you could also mix it with very fast techno so it can create a break when people are, are like looking to you with the eyes like uh, are you gonna like uh, put more pounding on me or are you gonna give me a break for a second to, to catch my breath so you can wind the tempo down yeah you can play the song good. and there, the people are like oh fuck where am I what is happening with this how did I this is not a reggae party. What, what's happening? And then you can just bang it on them the, in ten minutes, in, in, in three minutes again. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a okay. break point. So this yeah. is uh, King Tubby's Uptown Rockers. Moving on from King Tubby, who are we listening to next? Woo. Uh, what's next? Oh, yeah. I know this one. Um, I selected Brian Eno. Okay. Yes. 
So and, how did you uh, get into this? There's, uh, I kind of got in a discussion with my wife about this. She was like, why didn't you put this? Why didn't you put that? And I was like, well, I just put Brian Eno, so that covers everything. <laughs> um, I love the yeah. fact that, uh, that, that there's been internal debate in the Rabeet household about a 10-track yeah. mixtape. This is, this, yeah, this is lovely. Absolutely, absolutely. No, so um, when putting this selection together, I wanted to um, make sure to select only artists that I hadn't seen in your previous mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure because there, there's been a few released uh, since I made the list. Uh, so I'm not sure if I still managed to do that. I, th- I think you've, you've <laughs> succeeded, yeah. yeah. Like I'm, and, and like I'm privy to all the episodes that have been recorded yeah. that haven't gone out yet. You're still yeah. very okay. much a, a unique mix. Perfect. Because it's very easy to fall in this, oh, this is the greatest of all time. And then you look at the previous mixtapes and like, oh, it's already there. It's already there, you know. There's 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 a go-to list of every genre. Like, mm-hmm. if you listen to this kind of music, you want to hear this. Yeah. So I went a little bit more into obscurity and a little bit more under the radar, and mm-hmm. um, that's part of. Uh, so I'll, I'll name the reasons why Brian Eno is on this list. Uh, he started with Roxy Music, which is a very interesting glam rock band, and it's kind of disco-y beats as well so you yeah. could it's nice to mix with and it's got that 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 disco vibrations but it's also rocky which is a great uh, mm-hmm. combination um it, he started a solo career after rock's music and i the song that i picked is from his second solo album and i heard i heard this song for the first time only a year ago and I started playing it immediately uh, and I heard the song in the purple video by <clears throat> another brand we're not gonna shout out here but uh, yeah let's say it's not Vans um, and when I heard it in that in that part I was like I know this song what is this song I, I can't understand what heck so, uh, and the interesting thing is that when I play this song at events, uh, actually the team manager from Team US, the Olympic team, uh, came up to me and he was like, what is this? I know this song, but so I, I had him at the same spot as I was. Um, and uh, I actually know the song from a record that I have by Bauhaus. Uh, and I'm not going to say the title because it's still, you can say that later. Um, And I was always playing the Bauhaus version at events and nobody really got it. (laughs) But I love it. And it's it's got this drive and it sounds really like new wave, punky, and and it's a long track and it just, yeah, it, it, it gets me. And uh, the text, I try to inter- in- interpret it, but it's, well, yeah, it's just funny. So, um, long story short, this got out, this song is actually uh, from 74, which is a long time ago, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh, but it sounds so punk rock 
in my opinion, and that's cool. And so Brian Eno, he uh, he produced a lot of David Bowie, mm-hmm. and I I love David Bowie, but it, yeah, it was a little bit too upfront to put it in this selection. So yeah. that that covers David Bowie. He also produced Devo, which is incredible band. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually produces. Uh, he's um, accounted for the being being like the pioneer of um, uh, ambient music. Yeah, and uh, and electronic music in general. He created the so- uh, the Talking Heads, which is my other like one of my favorite bands uh, that I still play every set. I play a Talking Head song. Uh, well, there's lots of reasons to put okay. it in here. But this um, track is? Well, no, the last thing I want to say is that actually uh, Brian Eno, uh, the, one of the first ambient albums is the album that I use when I do my massage practicing a lot. So ah, I well, that, make, that makes it. a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. But, but this track is? Uh, third uncle. Okay, moving on from Brian Eno, who are we listening to now? Tuxedo Moon. No, I've never heard of Tuxedo Moon, but that no. th- th- that doesn't surprise me considering who's making the mixtape for us. So, yeah. tell me about them. Um, it's an avant-garde band, and uh, the song I've selected is again very funky, post-funky, new wave, no wave, uh, experimental in general. It's got a, a really dark drive. There's screaming involved. It's noise. It's 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 on the edge of do I really want to listen to this or should I skip to the next song? Um, but I play it a lot at the at the more rock orientated uh, events or parties that I play at, and people go wow. And uh, so it's it's an extremely nice song and to. Add more about the artist. Tuxedo Moon is, I believe, a. Uh, I'm not sure now, but I think they're from San Francisco. And uh, but they moved actually to uh, Brussels, Belgium, because their sound was more more European than uh, than US based. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's actually it was going to be this song or Disorder from Joy Division, which right. is, and it, it's just the same vibe, yeah. and I wanted to go for something obscure, so yeah, I guess that's it. Okay, so this track is called? Uh, no Tears. Tuxedo Moon. Who's up next? Who's up next? Oh my. 
Uh, it's called Black Devil Disco Club. Yes. So, where did you find this? <laughs> um, I think I found it on Spotify, which is interesting because, um, um, yeah, I mean, in in the early days, you had to dig for music records and look at sleeves if they looked interesting or they had a certain producer on it or it was a, a label that you knew that delivered. Uh, but nowadays, there's so much music coming out. So you, yeah, how we make this mixtape, if you continue after 10 songs, it will automatically give you uh, suggestions, right? Like yeah. It starts like a radio. That's how Spotify works. Um, and well, you hear things that you haven't heard before and then you start looking into it and uh, this one really catched my uh, my vibe at that point uh, so I, I think I found it in that in that manner um, and then I started reading up uh, for it um, and it was very interesting to read that this is actually by a French uh, artist uh, somewhere released in 78 and it sounds like very dark disco, which the, the title or the, the title of the artist, uh, the name of the artist already suggests. Um, but it's also very happy. Okay. And, uh, and it actually uh, was released somewhere in the 2000s by uh, Reflex, which is the label of um, FX Twin and Luke Vibert, which pretty insane yeah very extreme artists both in an audio perspective and a visual perspective exactly exactly so this was a reason to not put Luke Fiber or FX Twin in this selection selection list but also introduce a well, this song but the whole album if you like new disco or just yeah poppy punky disco music from now and then you listen to this track and you're like wow this was like eons before it's time when it came out yeah so this track is called age friend <laughs> So, moving on from Black Devil Disco, who we got next? Next uh, group is uh, ESG. And uh, I think everybody that listened to Public Enemy or a lot of other hip-hop uh, groups has been uh, introduced to the sound of ESG. Um, I only came to realize... Uh, uh, like 10 years ago that they actually made a lot of very nice dancey proto-punk yeah pre-house music mm-hmm. it's uh, what's the name I mean there's so many pigeonholes there to, to, to call it but um, it's very experimental it's from New York 
and uh, the name ESG stands for uh, the uh, Emerald, Sapphire, and Gold. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're from the Bronx. Uh, another great place for music, I'd say. Um, and it's almost a full uh, chick band with one okay. guy in them. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they made like uh, it's called funk, funk rock in Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, but they made a few songs that really inspired dance music, house music, and they made a few songs that really uh, were heavily sampled by hip hop. So it's like the whole spectrum of what I like. Mm-hmm. They've been man- manifesting. Uh, manifesting. Um, interesting point is that they were uh, released on 99 Records, which is a sub-label from Factory like Records. Factory right. created by uh, the founders of New Order, and mm-hmm. uh, that's also uh, the Hacienda. Yep, nice connections. So, yeah, so it's it's mind-boggling, and um, listen to everything that they uh, brought out because it's not that big of a uh, music collection that they've brought out but listen to all their songs it's great yeah it's it, it sounds like dance music played by a band is what yes. i thought um you can hear the the tempo and the attitude of punk rock music in the percussion but very upbeat and very dancey and and Again, lyrics are kind of minimal. Uh, it's it all. It almost could be a sample that was just dropped in. Um, yeah. But it's. Uh, I, I I can imagine this at the, uh, you know, late at night in a club and people just getting caught up in it. Um. So yeah, this this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, very repetitive as well. So this so this song is. Dance to the beat of Moody and listen to the whole song. Who's next on your mixtape? Next on my mixtape is Q Lazarus. No, this is the track. This is the track yeah. where I was oh, listening yeah, yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. it, and I was like, "Well, this is definitely from skateboarding." Yes. That, that, that's well. There's there's two associations for this song. Uh, the listener will yeah. probably the penny will drop. Um, is a very iconic skateboard section um, by Mark Johnson. And also a very iconic scene from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> so, yes. Um, Put very, on your lipstick. <laughs> Put on your lipstick, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so uh, I was first introduced to this song by the Yeah Right uh, video from Girl. And I, to this day, love 
everything that Mark Johnson does on a skateboard and off a skateboard, actually. Uh, a very inspiring uh, guy uh, in more than only skateboarding. Um, he has an opinion. And, and he expresses not... it. Um, yes. He's, yes. He's, you know, he's he is down for the cause of skateboarding and, you know, he's he's very much part of the team but he's not going to stay silent if he feels something deserves to be said um yes. and you know for people people listening who who aren't involved in skateboarding um mark johnson is uh, an an exceptional naturally talented skateboarder who continues to be really creative um as 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 he continues to to get older um i mean he's what in his 40s at this point but still mm -hmm. skating at a very very high level um and when yeah right came out that was that was a two song section right for yeah right i think so yeah, yeah. and then in the following uh, lakai video fully flared he had a three-song section. Exactly. So, this, so this, is the, this is the volume of creativity on a skateboard this guy was generating. Most people have their section put to one song. But interesting about this is that, because I, I stated it wrong, because I said, yeah, right. But he also introduced me to Joy Division. Yeah. And that's, yeah, right. And I, I've been playing that song forever. My wife hates me for it because she thinks it's one of the worst songs from Jury Fiction. All the others are better, in her mm -hmm. opinion, which is, I can see why she thinks that. But we're talking about Q Lazarus, and um, I actually, well, I should, yeah, I actually have a tattoo somewhere here saying goodbye, horses. Oh, man. Yeah. That's good. Um, and um, the song is incredible. The artist has a very obscure story about her because it's a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, the again, it's very dark, and uh, and it's about a uh, Indian uh, prince that uh, wants to. Yeah, he's in, he's he's hurt. He. Uh, his love for somebody is not, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, she doesn't want him. Mm -hmm. uh, and he asks how to, uh, to his God or to the, the Bhagwan Sita, how he can um, overcome this. And, um, and the answer is, uh, you have to let go of all your senses to become, uh, yeah. Uh, come become above that and 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 uh, yeah find the true meaning so the horses stand for your five senses i went right. to only three horses because i only heard the story later on <laughs> <laughs> uh and actually the 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 tattoo the horses that i uh, had tattooed are kind of like the ferrari horses and they are used on a record label called RNS, yeah. which is a very uh, a huge Belgian record label that brought out a lot of the early 
hardcore house music uh, by Joey Beltran, by FX Twin, by the Human Resource, the Dominator, that kind of stuff. So that's the combination for me. Uh, and only a year or two later, I actually um, quit drinking and smoking and all other uh, substances, uh, okay. which is also about the tattoo. So uh, only later on, I realized that it was already, uh, yeah, kind of like a pre-sign for me. Letting go of things that have been prevalent in your life so that you can focus elsewhere I, I, is maybe the... I, I wondered if it would come up during the conversation and uh, I spoke to you just before we started recording the, the episode because I didn't want to bring it up in, unless you were comfortable talking about sure. it because like I associate you with the party <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah and obviously you got to sort of you know big 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 changes in, in your life over the, the last five years um but how, how does it feel now when you DJ and but but being sober does Great. it give you a, a different perspective um, an even better perspective. No, it's 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 great. I mean, I've and I've been working at it for 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 years, mm-hmm. like committing, like okay, if I if I'm DJing, I shouldn't drink, and if I'm DJing, I uh, yeah, I should focus or I, as like if this is if this is gonna have a chance in being professional, mm-hmm. I have to focus on it. Yeah. So. Uh, but it wasn't enough for me to like only not drink during gigs but for me yeah I I have a um, problem with uh, seeing the borders of what's possible so as soon as I start with something I just want to go 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 Mm -hmm. and this goes in skateboarding this goes in music this goes it's just there's no end but there is an end a physical end yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, with with substances, I I I don't see the end. So I hit my face to the wall at at, at Mac ten, and mm-hmm. uh, and it happened too many times to to not do something about it. Basically, yeah. But thank, yeah. Th- thank God you had that moment to realize yeah. that yeah. that's what needed to happen because. You know, we all, we all want to we all want to live like a, a long life and like spend time with our families and stuff. And yeah. there there are so many stories of people who didn't realize that that was the price they might pay mm-hmm. for for not stopping. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, man, I applaud you for 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 having the presence of mind and 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 having the diligence to like sort of just redirect and refocus your life. You, and you know, you, the thing is, you, you seem really happy. Yeah, most most of the times I I, I can be happy. Uh, there's a lot of stuff underneath that substance abuse. That's uh, that's a long journey still to mm-hmm. to, but that's another podcast, I guess. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, this, 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 mate, yeah. this this podcast is what it is. Like, it's, yeah, it's about music, but music. Yeah is intrinsically connected to all parts of people's lives it, it it it's very emotional as well music mm-hmm. it sets things in emotion uh emotional um but going back to your question 
uh, I when I DJ sober nowadays, I can much better relate like, okay, I'm playing this tune, the people are vibing that way, uh, I know what to put, and then as soon as that one hits and it works, I'm like, I'm at the same place they are. doesn't matter if they, uh, if they're under the influence of whatever, I am under the influence of them. And it's a, it's, yeah, it's that connection that you look for and feel. And it's, yeah, I mean, you could get high on, on, on working a, an interesting breath work, you know, you can get high on, on so many things. It doesn't have to be substance related. Lazarus. Who's our next track by? Who Life Crew. There we go. Yeah. So this this is where we feel like a bit of a shift in the mixtape. We start like the the genres trying is changing slightly, tempos change slightly. So so where are we at at this point? We're entering the nineties, basically. Um, where are we at? And uh, there's again so many interesting things about this uh, group of uh, artists to say. Um, for me, this song was on Dutch radio. The, the, not this song, but the song that's uh, their main hit uh, was on the radio at number one for a lot of weeks. And uh, Dutch radio wasn't that um, afraid to play explicit songs. Um, so my my father actually bought the CD for me. <laughs> I was nine years old, and uh, and it had a lot of profound, obscene. Uh, and sexual orientated lyrics in it. It was kind of porno for your ears. And I was nine years old and I was like, what the hell is this? And yeah, it's amazing. They sample a lot of music uh, from Jimi Hendrix to Van Halen to uh, lots of rock music, lots of other stuff. Um, and uh, it's actually the the band that is associated with uh, introducing the sound of Miami bass, which is now uh, like it's a, a almost proto trap music, mm-hmm. if you'd like to call it that way. Uh, if you look at my uh, Rick Ross or. 36 Mafia or uh, Travis Scott or I don't know all these uh, the New York kind of hip hop um, yeah it's, it's, it all started with two live crew and a few other artists uh, so it's got a heavy 808 ba- uh, bass lines uh, which is also associated with techno and uh, an electro uh, this 
particular song is very up-tempo. It's got the sample of um, the Jimmy Caster Bunch, um, It Just Begun, which is an incredible song on its own uh, with the horns. And um, it's a song that I still play uh, a lot and it just gets the people going. Um, Two Alive Crew were uh, heavily prosecuted uh, by uh, by the American uh, uh, society, I don't know, with the Federation for, for, I don't know, uh, AFA, I think it's called, but it was, it was actually the, the, the record um that uh in 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 um in court they were first banned and then it was uh reversed again because uh they yeah they won and uh, the supreme court they won the case that they were just uh it was freedom of speech freedom of expression yeah and uh if that court would have if that case would have gone the other way we would have a completely different uh music yeah scene i think uh because uh, it meant that you could actually say everything you liked on the record uh but after this court case uh they started putting explicit lyrics, parental advisory stickers mm-hmm. on CDs. So this actual LP cost that sticker to exist. That's a that's a wonderful claim of fame for an artist. It is. Because that would have decimated <laughs> hip-hop when you think about everything that came afterwards. Yeah. Like, it would have been a very, very different landscape. But, 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 but every other genre that wants to say whatever the fuck they want in their lyrics... Yeah. You know, so it's 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 a massive moment that not very many people are aware of. No, so it's no. it's great that you brought it up. But what, what what's the track? Get loose now. All right. So, how do we follow Two Life Crew? Uh, yeah, very simple. Uh, we follow with uh, the licks. The alcoholics. Yes. So, I hadn't heard this track until I listened to your mixtape. But, again, this is one of the things that really sort of, like, called out the shift in tempo and tone and and the style of the music. So, tell me about the alcoholics. Um, Yeah, so, I just told you about uh, the first CD because this was actually my first CD that I ever had, the, mm-hmm. the Two Life Crew. But now uh, this was my first hip hop LP that I bought on my own when I was 15 years old. And um, this, this is what, yeah, started all this at the back. <laughs> I mean, I had a, a copy of uh, Europe, the final countdown, but yeah, and Beat Street. That's that's basically my record collection pre- before the alcoholics. Um, I was mainly or almost exclusively into East Coast hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I think only because I, I wasn't 
that educated at that point. I just listened to music and I wanted to play music and I wanted to copy my peers or whatever, what you do at that point. Uh, only a few years later when Exhibit, Exhibit came on the scene, yeah. um, I realized that the Alcoholics was a West Coast group. Because yeah. <laughs> they sound very East Coast, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's just something that I I, I took away from that. Um, it's a very uh, funky record and uh, it's got a few songs on there which have hit the charts, I think. Uh, especially the song Damn, which is, till this day I play that a lot. But the song I actually selected um, is a song that I used to listen to back then already. I don't play it that much, but I just really like the, the story behind it <laughs> because it goes, uh, yeah, it's, it's about the future where uh, the world has gone completely down in a downfall. Uh, people, yeah, it's kind of like a zombie state. Uh, there's no social contact, there's diseases, whatever. Um, I don't know, something with what's happening right now. <laughs> uh, very, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very relevant now. Yeah, I guess. So um, uh, the guy uh, is telling about himself and how things used to be. And then he meets this kid on the street and the guy, the, the little kid is, is rapping. Mm -hmm. And he's like, wow you still know this art of rapping, uh, which is also relevant in another way, because that, in my opinion, hip-hop, there's still a lot of good underground hip-hop, but the hip-hop that we hear in mainstream radio is not the hip-hop that I'm completely... Yeah, this has been said quite a few times <laughs> where um, yeah. people who were into hip-hop 20 years ago don't necessarily line up with uh, contemporary hip-hop now no. because um, there isn't as much value on on precise lyricism. There are MCs out there. We did a great episode with Matt Lloyd where he was calling out his top 10 lyricists. So yep. the people are out there, but the but the sort of contemporary hip-hop at the, the moment... The money. The money. It's, it's, it's <laughs> more concerned with... A sound and not as much about that yeah. precise lyricism and storytelling. That's that that's something that has kind of faded away. Um, and, and, and it's popular music. It's yeah, yeah. And, and, and Matt made a really good point that it's you know it's not made for us. It's made for the kids exactly. now. And you know it's it's their right to love what they love. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The hope is that they just look back to the some of the origin and they discover the the richness but, that's there. But saying that, you're actually, I mean, in my opinion, the, 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 the music that's called rap or hip hop or trap or whatever you want to call it, that's on the radio, is just pop music. So I, it's, I agree. It's for, yeah, it's for a mainstream. And hip hop was never a mainstream thing. No. Until, until 92-ish. I mean, Run DMC was a mainstream thing, but Public Enemy was not a mainstream thing. No. It was a very political thing that had so much to say that was um, resonating that it became big, mm -hmm. but due to a message. Yeah. 
All right, so this track is? This track is called 2014. All right, so following on from Alcoholics, who's up next? Rexia. I think I pronounced it that good, but I'm not completely sure. <laughs> Wait, you're asking the wrong guy. I will, I, know. I, will, go, with, I will go with your pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with your pronunciation of it. It's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't know yeah. where to start. Okay, so um, going on in this interview, uh, we talked about a little bit of house music and uh, techno, and but we didn't actually put one in there so mm-hmm. i had to put this in there and it's got a very 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 interesting story uh behind it um so drexia is founded by uh members of underground resistance which is a huge underground label from um from detroit where uh, the harder styles of techno came from Mm-hmm. very industrial very dark um, and uh, until I think 2000 something uh, so the first first track they released was from 92 or 93 so, uh, but the, it's all very obscure so uh, somewhere around I think 2010 but you can look that up on wiki if you really want to know uh, finally there was a little bit of uh, knowledge about who were actually behind uh, Drexia because it was also all unknown. They're the same people that are uh, also uh, Doppler Effect and a few other well-known techno electro uh, producers. Um, and they created this whole uh, backstory about Drexia. So if you go and look up, um, let's just call it out, black music, and, and a lot of music is founded by, uh, yeah, coming from a black background, so to say. Um, most of the music is coming from uh, oppression, uh, trying to express yourself, not having a place in society, and... Um, and they, if you go back to, to jazz or funk, they all try to go to space. Mm. If you go, uh, yeah, look at, at Parliament, Frankadelic, or uh, some Coltrane stuff, or Sunra, or, I mean, you could, it's all looking up to space and uh, for their own God, uh, and not the white Jesus with blonde, long hair. Um, Drexia went the opposite way as one of the, yeah, a unique thing. They uh, made this story that in the ships with slaves, the ships uh, sailing from, from Africa to the US with slaves, they threw uh, off the pregnant slaves of the ships and the babies that were born underwater uh, got girls and those are the directions. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So it's like an Atlantis kind of story. Yeah. But with yeah, slave former slave babies uh, becoming their own race and uh, creating their own world underneath water, uh, underneath the sea, and um, and the sound that that goes with that is very aquarium Aquarius like. Mm-hmm. So it's spacey, but it's you could almost hear the drips and drops and the the sonar sounds and the whales in it. Yeah, and, there's uh, a quite there's quite a there's an atmosphere to it. Yeah, that that, that speaks of uh, a surrounding, you know. Yeah, exactly. In terms of like the production. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess that's it. It's very dark. It's very uh, it, this particular song is pretty four to the floor which mm-hmm. means it's uh, boom 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 um, but a lot of the other stuff is more electro where there's a boom clap boom clap and and, and, uh, and a break beat in it and it's yeah. maybe more a little bit more motion in it but it's it's amazing in my opinion and uh, it's if they weren't if they hadn't brought out this type of music we wouldn't have the electro techno sound that is yeah big right now okay so this track is black sea all right so how do we move on from drexia uh yeah we don't <laughs> no we do uh yeah it was i i wanted to put in something uh more current mm-hmm. and uh and I, I i found like a loophole kind of uh because this song uh the next song uh, and i'll just it, it's by uh little ugly main which is not a really well-known rapper i think because i only know a few songs of him and uh what i know doesn't really matter but that's my opinion again um and uh, it's kind of like five or six songs in one song. It's, yeah, it's, it's I, a little mixed up. I, I did think when I when I put this one on, I saw the track length. I was just like, "What?" And then as I listened to it, I was just like, "Oh man, this has this has different parts to it. Like this this is like a mix." I was just like, "This is yeah. a massive workaround." He's yeah. just like he's completely he's got around <laughs> ten tracks by adding one song that sounds like. Four different tracks. Now, I, I the the point in the the track where I really sort of fell into it and went, okay, this is the part that I like was like six minute on onwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it starts it starts quite uh, avant garde and there's this kind of uh, wind chimey sort of plinky plonky sound running through it. Almost um, like a, a meditation moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, it's it, it's discordant. Um, it's it's slightly messy, but really interesting. And then there's a point six minutes in where it kind of focuses in on a beat, and that's the point where I was just like, okay, that's when my head started nodding because at the, mm-hmm. the beginning of the track, I was tr- I'm just trying to make sense of it. Yeah. But it, but in that regard, it's kind of it's, it's a very interesting piece of music because it's it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um... I first got introduced to Little Ugly Main uh, with a track called uh, Underwater Tank, 
and it's on the uh, bronze. What is it? 56k. Uh, that's a uh, hardware brand, okay. which you may know or may not yeah, know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bronze uh, mixtape on Yankem magazine. Mm -hmm. They have these mixtapes coming out, uh, and and um, one of the tracks is is that track, and it just completely grabbed me, and I've been playing it ever since, and it's explicit. I mean, I've been playing it at the uh, like pre-Olympic uh, events, and people are looking at me like, uh, you can get away with it today, but tomorrow you cannot play this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's extremely explicit. So yeah, I like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm going places now where I'm, I have to think about that kind of music a little bit. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not it's not about pushing the limits on on any one night. You have to think <laughs> about getting rebooked. Yes. yes so yes, yes. so there's a there's a balance there. Like some people oh, will like, some people will expect you to push the envelope. Yeah. But there's a right place, right time element to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even get to it, but um, I was supposed to be uh, DJing at the Tokyo Olympics. Right. Uh, and uh, so that was fully booked, and I was supposed to do all the qualifications for the Olympics in China, in Japan, in uh, Peru, uh, some in, in Europe. In the States, it's a little bit different because you have to have a work permit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I was pretty locked in, yeah. And then, and then this virus came. So uh, hopefully next year. But one of the uh, uh, the things that came with that was that the Olympics contacted me and and they were like, yeah, can you uh, give us a list of songs that you want to play? Because mm -hmm. yeah, we we're gonna have to clear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I play like a thousand songs in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. And most of them are pretty explicit. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I, in that sense, I'm kind of happy that I have an extra year to get that around. <laughs> but uh, no, we'll, we'll see where, where, where it goes. It's interesting. It's, it's tricky because you've, you've got to come up with like a, a collection of songs to pull from that are enjoyable and satisfying to you. Yeah. yeah. But meets this criteria on the other yeah. side yeah. that is. Yeah. No cussing, women friendly, uh, uh, kids friendly, mm -hmm. uh, but also it, it, it gets kind of mainstream. Yeah, yeah. So Very like fast. So there's the, yeah, there's a there's there's a balance there to strike, which is a challenge for you. Absolutely. Because you you don't usually have guidelines you know no. you know you usually go in whatever direction you want to go in when it comes to yes. DJing uh, yes. and I have benefited from that and yeah. yeah. in the wee small hours of, of the evening because I yeah. like I've been in the crowd uh, at a point when I start to flag and then a certain song kicks in and all of a sudden it's like you've had a shot in the arm and wait off we go um, <laughs> but yeah it's uh, that's, that's it's an interesting challenge but yes, uh, it, it is I would imagine it'll it's a great thing to have uh, on your resume, you know, to having to have done. Um, oh, absolutely. But but also, it's a great talking point for for other perspective events. We can go, <clears throat> here's a challenge that I faced, and here's how I tackled it, and we yeah, nailed it. You know, definitely. So um, back to the song. Um, we talked about it a little, but for me, this song also represents kind of the the phases where I felt 
sometimes I was. So yeah, the starting point is meditation, then this very horrorcore uh three six mafia like dark and and nasty noisy uh hip-hop tune comes in or trap or whatever you want to call it and then it goes about it, it, it it's about addiction and how a friend of him is still uh on on the needle and how he wants to trust him but he no he can't and uh, that yeah that like the whole it shifts and then it and then in the end of the song it becomes very mellow and relaxing and there's also a few um uh, samples in it like we are just uh what we think we are and uh i'm not quoting it correctly but it's 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 very um informational or or uh how do you say it, there's another name for it like educational rap yeah as well if you take the time to go through it yeah because it's a 10 minute mix and then in the end uh yeah it goes bad again and you od or something i don't know what happens but it's it's a journey and i can listen to this song for a long time in repeat and it gives me all these different sensations where yeah, I kind of feel good about myself. <laughs> good. So yeah, well, that's good to know. It's it's it's, it's a good way to round off your mixtape. Um, yeah. Ramon, I'm I'm so happy you came on to do Excellent. this. Thank um, you, man. So many of these conversations. Um, I mean, especially if you look at like recent episodes. I mean, I don't put them out sequentially, but like some of the conversations quite often get quite silly. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we get we go in depth about music and, and certain things, but this has been a really interesting conversation. Um, it's it's got it, it's been a, it's had a different tone compared to some of the other episodes, but I'm grateful for that. So, um, if people want to follow you and your your DJing uh, endeavors, where's the best place to find you? Um, I guess on my Instagram account. And okay. uh, so I guess you're gonna put it somewhere in the notes, right? Well, you, you, you yeah. s- say your Instagram handle, and I'll put a link in the show notes as well. It's command, and then Redbeard. So C M D uh, Redbeard. I guess I'm not sure now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It used to be Commander Redbeard, but nobody got it correct with the, the long name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's made a command. Um, I'm not that active. I try not to be too active on social media, actually. I, I, I don't bother too much about it. Um, and uh, and what I really uh, I, what I really want to do is make a mix of this selection of tunes. So you could find that on SoundCloud, um, where it's redbeard.amsterdam. Okay, well, we'll link to that too. Or, yeah, DJ Redbeard.amsterdam, and uh, it definitely will be in the link. Should we say the last song before we finish this off? Yeah, yeah, do it. Call it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. If you're coming to Amsterdam, uh, give, me a, give me a shout out. Maybe we can hook up. Yeah, man. And, uh, and, and that counts for everybody. Uh, like, uh, yeah. 
cool. All right. Well, look. Thank you very much for coming on, man. So yeah, your last track you. was Uneven Compromise. Hey yo, I saw my man the other day, say he need a handout. Said he had some live and some void, but it ran out. His partner had a number, but the nexus didn't pan out. And every other road he got is looking like the same route. So that's this week's episode. As always, we've kept the music discussed played below the conversation because we believe that all musicians should be paid something for what they do. So if you do want to listen to the mixtape in full, there's a link in the show notes that will take you to either Apple Music or Spotify. And if you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review or hit the share button and send it to someone you think would enjoy it. But in the meantime, I will see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike. Said player, I don't understand what happened to me. Remember how I used to live extravagantly? White jeans, stuff free with immaculate fees. Stack jeans, top keys like they was practically free. Now I'm scrambling the streets in this raggedy team. I was puzzled by his feelings of inadequacy. Then I saw the tracks.